0: Welcome, this is Randy Isis, your host of a Season of Caring Podcast, where we share stories of hope for family caregivers, breaking through the busyness and loneliness to see God in every season of life. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Amanda Schaefer. Amanda is an author, speaker, and podcast host. No matter what vehicle she uses to share, she's always telling stories. Amanda attended the New York University, majoring in dramatic writing, but was not a believer then and she would never have imagined using everything she's learned there to create a Christian podcast. This endeavor, A Cup of Gratitude podcast, is being listened to worldwide. It has far suppressed her expectations and is now airing on Christian radio. Amanda's goal was to provide a platform for people to share their stories, and as a result, to share God's story. With no agenda other than finding a way to view lives through the lenses of gratitude, she shares a new story weekly. With a few new books on the horizon and some collective efforts around the bin, Amanda is ready for each opportunity she receives to share the gospel in every way that she can. Welcome, Amanda. I'm so glad to have you here today. Hi, thank you for having me. Looking forward to our conversation. So I know part of your story is that caregiving has become a big part of your life. And so can you tell us a little bit about your caregiving season?
1: Yeah. So just prior to the pandemic, I moved over from my home that I lived in for more than 20 some years to my parents' home where they had built an addition so that they could stay and not have to go into a retirement home. And there were just so many different things that happened in doing that move. Pandemic made it really interesting, but we made the move, we got set up and we are in place for almost three years now caring for my parents.
0: And so that opportunity to come together and kind of share the same roof is definitely can be a blessing, can obviously carry a lot of different struggles as well. And in caregiving wise, what does that look like for your parents? What are their needs at this point?
1: Well, they're doing really well. My dad is 92. My mom is wow. 89. And it's surprising how well they're doing. They're both using walkers, but they're able to toilet themselves. or are able to do so many things. I have my mom knitting. Even though she has macular degeneration and she had the muscle memory to be able to do that. And my dad, I finally have not doing all of his office duties. He loves <laughs> doing puzzles. We're able to really give them quite a lot of freedom right now because we've gone through the house and made it. A non-slip, non-fall environment. We've tried to use things like our Apple Watches and Alexa to allow us to communicate with one another, see if somebody's fallen, and do lots of preventative talks and playthroughs of things that we should not do anymore and have taken over all of the hard stuff, all the things that really nobody wants to do anyway. Do you want to <laughs> have your own medicine together? Do you do you want to cook or do you want to just sit down and be fed and enjoy the food? So trying to take over the things that were getting a little difficult, doing the laundry, doing the shopping, making the house beautiful, keeping it clean and safe.
0: That's amazing. And I love your attitude about it because so many times there are so many things we can do. First of all, we need to realize we need to do to create that safe environment. But then just Mm -hmm. being able to realize that we're just serving them and allowing them to do all the fun things in life. People often talk about, Going back to childlike things. And I personally don't care for that metaphor a whole lot, except in this situation, it sounds kind of like they've getting to go back to when we were kids and everything was <laughs> taken care of. And we just got to enjoy the things that we love. And so I love that picture and that opportunity that you've created for them.
1: Yeah. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity, of course. And it comes with its difficulties and oh my goodness, transitions and <laughs> all kinds of fun stuff, but. Overall, it's something that I would choose again and again. That's amazing.
0: So I always ask people to share a favorite caregiving story because we all like to connect with that. And I know stories are your thing. So what would you like to share with us?
1: My favorite story, I think it's still my favorite. There's many, but Mm -hmm. very beginning when we were still transitioning from I'm your daughter to I'm your caregiver and your daughter, which is hard, there were some power struggles and there were some. Little hiccups along the way. And we were having one of those discussions. It was lively. If, you know, mom and dad were used to doing things a certain way. And so I needed to step away and I made my boundary and, and I had talked about that from the beginning. You know, sometimes I'm going to need to walk away for a moment. I created myself a little space outside, a little bench where it's beautiful. And sometimes I'll go out there and just look around at nature and take a breath and, and get reset and come back in. So it was one of those moments. There are less of them now, but in the beginning, there were quite a lot. And I was gone for a while, got to the point where I felt right to go back in and try to have the conversation from another point of view. And I walked in and my parents are sitting there. They must have been waiting for me. It was so cute. And they're sitting there. My dad has on his giant Russian fur hat with ear flaps. And he's just (laughs) staring like this. And my mom has a giant cowboy hat on. I don't even know where they got them from. And so they're sitting there stoically without saying a word, just staring, waiting for me to come in with these hats on. So of Of course, course. as soon as I walked in, I burst out laughing. They started laughing. And it was this wonderful memory for us. So it was a a way for us to meet in the middle that it was so wonderful that they figured out something that they wanted to do to make me smile and to start over.
0: I love that. That's so amazing because sometimes we forget how much a sense of humor can just totally shift everything. It didn't change that you needed to have the conversation. It just put all of you in a place where you just remembered what you're there for. And that's to love each other and to be together. So that's amazing. Yeah. We often talk
1: about being a team and that has been really helpful. My son is here with me as well. So we talk about being a team and being on the same team. And we even joked about getting baseball hats to wear. Yeah. So that we would remember sometimes because Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's hard to remember. There's not one person. There's four people. And there's all these different all these different things that have to happen to make it the
0: best situation for everyone. Yeah. And it is important that it needs to be good for everyone. And so many times Mm -hmm. I think people who come in as a caregiving role becomes so sacrificial to a point that then that's where the resentment comes from. So I love that you're creating this environment that helps your parents be aware of your needs too and mm-hmm. that it's everybody on the team is important. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's been working well. What would you say is most surprising about caregiving to you?
1: Well, I had worked caregiving for about 16 years with other people's parents. and doing it for your own parents is very different, and I knew that coming in. I knew some things I had healed from, some things I had gone through, and things that I was going to have to deal with, and so I was prayerful, number one, before making the decision to come in, and then I was also intentional, knowing where I needed to set boundaries, things I needed to talk about ahead of time and things I needed to do to keep myself safe and healthy so that I could be the best caregiver for my mom and dad. So I did those things ahead of time before I said yes. And then when I got in there, because of the pandemic, we had lots of other moving parts and things that were just seemed like they came out of nowhere. And that made it really difficult. So I think, number one, having your own personal story already with the people that you're caring for can be difficult. But if you're intentional and thoughtful and try to be healthy and you've worked on yourself and you know how to do that, then it can be done and can be done well. And honestly, I think that that's a blessing in itself. How cathartic to be able to bring goodness back to a situation that maybe wasn't always good and to take the healing things that God has done in my heart and use them as a blessing. In that very same place where I struggled, I think it's been just a, a dance. It's been this beautiful dance where sometimes, you know, I'm being led and other times I'm leading. And yes, it's difficult, but I, again,
0: I wouldn't trade it for the world. What an amazing experience. So wise. And I do think that is one of the big keys as I talk to people who are in caregiving seasons and are struggling. It is so many times baggage from the past especially in those relationships. The longer relationships last, which no one has known you longer than your parents, other than God, right? And so it's like, that is going to have some stuff. And if we aren't faithful to deal with that stuff, then it will rub. And I think sometimes people have a lot of guilt because there's been this very difficult relationship and they still want to be able to help or be able to be a support But the healing hasn't happened. So wise to take that time to have the healing happen in those areas that need to be done before you put yourself in this situation where especially 24-7, because with COVID, you were definitely in a place where there was so much that suddenly it wasn't just transitioning to this new situation, but it was also you can't go anywhere else. <laughs> you did such a good job of dealing with your issues before you moved into it, but then you were in the middle of COVID. So it wasn't even like there was space or, or you couldn't even escape. So that had to have been really challenging. It was, and
1: my parents were the group of people that was most susceptible. And so there was a lot of anxiety. No one really knew what was going on. Here I am doing my best to follow all protocols, which changed every day, but they were very anxious. And so Mm. trying to go along at the pace of what was their desire, you know, do you want a vaccine? When do you want the vaccine? Do we get boosters before we were vaccinated? do we have visits from other family members? How do we make that work? Do we wear masks? So there was a lot of things to figure out, but we did it together. And even the things I've done around the house to make it more homey, make it safer, I've never just gone in and done. I've said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think about that? And included them in the plan so that it was their home still and not me coming in and changing their home.
0: So important, having that respect and that honor back and forth, no matter, I think sometimes, again, as caregivers, the tendency is to come in and take over and just lay it all out and make it all work. But what Mm -hmm. really does work is that teamwork side of it and being able to work together. So those are some great examples to challenge us to maybe look at our situations and see how are we handling those. It all comes to that communication is such an important piece. Yeah, absolutely. So share with us, how has God shown up for you in this caregiving season? Oh my goodness, how hasn't he? I believe he showed up by
1: first asking me to go, to honor me, honor your parents, go into this open-ended time that really there's no parameters to. It's not as if I'm signing up for a two-week mission trip and I know what to expect. I have no idea. We've been three years in. We don't know how many more years. We don't know what different kinds of situations we're going to have, but to take each one with him. And I think that he has worked so much on my heart. He has cleaned out a lot of the clutter. He has worked on some places where maybe I thought it was healed and he's showing me, no, you weren't. I brought you here Let's make the most of it. And so instead of getting upset or going back to prior ways of being, I've learned how to grow and how to let him be in charge and how to go to him when I feel overwhelmed or I don't know what to do or something seems unfair and work it out there. And I think that the maturity level that I am experiencing now versus when I moved in is already so much, so much greater. And I would hope that it would continue to be. So I I've, I've found it to be a very beneficial process
0: for me. Very much so. It's amazing how we don't really know how we need to grow until he's showing mm-hmm. us. And yeah. I think that's one of the things about caregiving most of all is just the opportunities of growth and how many different ways we would never have expected to be put yeah. before us that we need to grow in. and. I always say grow closer to him as well, because that's what it's all about is really that dependence just increases. Because like you said, there's not many things in life that we enter into with no goal to get somewhere or a timeline or a progress, even a progress line. There's not really even any We can make benchmarks as we go, have celebrations of things and growth, but knowing when we're getting to the end is not like it is in anything else, because getting to the end means that we've walked them all the way home, and that doesn't feel like a goal necessarily as we're, we're in the progress. So it can be really different than other situations.
1: Absolutely. And look at the examples in the Bible of how God works. We're looking at clay that's being worked on a wheel. Okay. We're looking at pruning. That does not sound like it's going to be comfortable. We're looking at taking gold and purifying it over heat and taking all of the yuck off and doing that. I think it's seven times before it's it's actually purified. So the examples that we have should remind us that, yeah, this doesn't always feel great, but what he's doing is for our best. And then when we're more usable, we're at our best, then we're more able to Serve the way that he would serve because caregiving comes from that agape love. It's that compassionate, like sacrificial love that joins someone in their suffering or their burden. You know, it's this love in action and it's more than just feeling things. You have to get to the point where you can do it. And so we're meant to love like Jesus. And I think caregiving is one of those wonderful times where we get to love like Jesus. And it's not something we have to do. It's it's something we get to do.
0: And again, perspective so important in that I often share in support group that we're the hands and feet of Jesus here with our loved ones. And so yeah. it is that opportunity to really get out of the way and serve them in the same way that he would serve him. He was here with hands and feet. So I love that. Yeah. yeah. What would be one thing that you would share with our audience for them, a little nugget of wisdom or just something for them to take away? I would say that if I was going to
1: point you to anything, I would point you to Jesus because that's where all the wisdom is going to come from. I would say learning how to respond instead of react Mm -hmm. is one of the key things. and, And that comes from having the fruit of the Spirit, being able to be patient and kind and gentle and loving. And, you know, it it takes time, but I think it's so easy to react. And when I take the time to respond, when I either remove myself or quiet myself in the moment, whatever choice I take at that time, when I do that, I give myself a moment. I kind of ask God what I should be doing. You know, Jeremiah 6, so stand at the crossroads and look, ask where the ancient way is, ask where the good way is and walk in it. Mm-hmm. And it implies God's going to answer and it implies there's a good way and it's his way. So I, I like to try to do that. But if I feel that I'm ready to react, I will remove myself. And then I'll think about it and I'll pray about it. And why, what is the re- reason why I'm feeling that way? And then I try really hard to look at my parents and say, what are they experiencing in this conversation? Where are they coming from? Because Romans tells us to be at peace as much as we can on our with our own ability with everyone. So I think part of that is not having an agenda and being mm-hmm. open to what does that other person need? That's how I can love them. That's how I can be at peace with them. Do I need really whatever my thing was? No, most of the time not. Most of the time it's silly. So that that's what I would say. It's hard to do, but the boundaries is a big part of it. And also being quick to listen and slower to speak. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, reactions are nature, but yeah. learning to have the spirit. Help you not to react, but rather, you know, really take that moment and be intentional. As you said earlier, I think it is a sign of our growth. And it is one of the definitely one of the things we grow in because there are so many opportunities in caregiving. We're rubbing up against people so closely all the time that it's giving us the opportunity to really stop. And like you said, take that deep breath and make sure that the next thing is what we really want, not just that knee-jerk reaction. So that's great Absolutely, wisdom. Absolutely. And the other thing,
1: if I could say more than one thing, would be yeah. to be preparatory, so to really think things out. So when I moved in with my parents, they were way more able than they are three years later. Mm-hmm. So I thought ahead and I tried to help them learn things that they needed to know, like how to get up from your chair, how to sit in your chair, Things that they could do more easily when I first moved in, but as their muscles began to get weaker, you know, to try and get them thinking in a new way. This is how I walk now with my walker. This is, I don't end over anymore. I ask someone for help, those types of things. So I think that it's really helpful if you know you're in for possibly a long haul to try your best to teach them as much as you can about what's safe so that they can retain it.
0: Yeah, definitely. The earlier, the better in those things. And I even, just as you were saying that, I was even thinking for myself of some of the things that I've gotten to a point of saying, yeah, I could pick up that 50 pound bag of dog food, but should I? (laughs) Should I? Right. (laughs) It's a whole different question. That comes to for all of us, our humanness of just, it's difficult to age. It's difficult to not be what we once were in this physically. And so I think having those conversations and really just helping to prepare them to start thinking differently, that's really wise. And I do, I think one of the most important things about caregiving is not to be sucked into it or drug into it, but to be intentional about stepping into it. So many times as I talk to caregivers, they jump in And then they're so overwhelmed because the need only increases, especially when we're caring for aging parents. They're not getting younger, so their abilities are going to decline. That is what it is. And so that Mm -hmm. means that their needs are going to increase. If we're the only one meeting all of those needs, we're usually going to find the end of ourselves way earlier than we expect. So being intentional and really planning. But I love that even thinking beyond that of just what things will make it easier in the long run for them as well. So, well, I mean, it's been great to be able to talk with you and just have you share your wisdom with my audience. I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about the podcast and how they can learn more about and have an opportunity to listen to it. Well, thank you. I've loved being here.
1: I love getting to talk about this season because it's unlike any other season that I've ever had. And I'm sure I will always remember it with great fondness. My podcast started because I did say yes. It's funny. I had written two books. I was beginning to speak. I thought I was doing what God had for me. And I moved in, took over this new season. And during that time, we were cut off from church. We were cut off from people. I couldn't even hug my own daughter for a year and a half and my son-in-law because I lived here and we didn't have vaccines yet. So it was a really insular season for me, and I am quite the gregarious, outgoing, connection kind of gal. So this one day, I was spending time with God, and I said, I don't feel right. I'm not sharing the gospel. I'm not connected. I just, I don't feel like myself, and I need to be myself to do this. And I felt like he said, There are a lot of ways to tell a story. And the next thing I knew, I was buying a microphone online and converting an old closet, which I'm in right now, into a podcast booth because we're in a 1600s farmhouse. Everything is wood and stone here. There are no soft spaces. So I created one and I committed to God that if he brought me the people, I would share people's stories in order to share his story. And he has. It's been amazing. I had never even listened to a podcast before I started. I had no idea what I was doing, but God did, and I trusted him. So I get to share people's amazing stories. As a matter of fact, you are on my podcast coming up. I get to share all these amazing stories. I've gotten connected with so many wonderful people who are following their calling, and I get encouraged every single time I get to hear one of these stories. I've been able to share the gospel. God has taken this podcast into... I think right now it's 86 countries and about 1,500 cities all over the world from a closet in a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. When we were completely cut off, he took me into all the world because my heart was to share his goodness during a time where people needed to know there was hope, there was goodness. There, There is this God who, even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of the worst things, he's there and he's good and he's able to care for you.
0: I love that. And so A Cup of Gratitude is available on all major podcast platforms, and you have a new radio program as well. Yeah, well, it's the same podcast, just a station had picked it up. So, yeah. That's great. You
1: never you never know what God's going to do.
0: You don't. (laughs) We love it. We love it. So thanks so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. It was so great to talk with you. Well, listeners, thank you for joining us today for Stories of Hope from Amanda. This episode has been brought to you by Content Magazine, an electronic quarterly magazine available today to help you find God in your caregiving season. Take a moment to take a deep breath, find Him, and then jump back into your caregiving life refreshed. It's available now at contentmagazine.online. A Season of Caring podcast has been created for the opportunity to share stories of hope for living content, loving well, and caring with no regrets. If you have legal, financial, or medical questions, be sure to consult your local professionals and take heart in your season of caring.